What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David, and I have some strange bedfellows today that I have not seen in quite a while. (laughs) Straight from Utah, trying out for the Utah Jazz, Leo is back. How how did the triad go? I want to know everything. It went. It went well. It went well. The the, I was, the elevation really did did a lot of a number on my lungs as as did being a thirty five year old out of shape male. Uh, <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm excited to come back. There's just so much time and so little to speak about. Wait, yes. Strike Tri- that. Reverse. Reverse. It. It. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Um. How was Greg Ostertag? For all our basketball fans <laughs> Alive out Alive and well. Utah still remembers John Stockton and Carl Malone, and they will go to war for the spider. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Ryan, it's been a few weeks. How you doing? I'm doing well. I wish I had a good comeback for a good uh, little thing today, but I don't. <laughs> I, I just I had to rewatch it yesterday, so I'm like, that, that was like fresh in my mind. <laughs> I- I, I, I rewatch that movie once a year and it never, ever, 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 ever. I mean, I do have some fun stuff that's age of the worst. Nothing really critique, you know, critical of the movie. I just enjoyed so much. So, yeah, by, by Leo's great introduction, uh, we're covering the 50th anniversary of one of the most endearing childhood classics, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, a movie that's similar to The Shining, the writer hated. But we are going to get into that a little later. <laughs> Wait. If you started the podcast by comparing Willy Wonka to The Shining, you know we're in for a fun episode. It's funny because some some folks think that Willy Wonka is a horror movie. I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, there's certain elements of that movie that I'm like, okay, I, I dig it. All right, but before we get into that, let's get into some of the news of the week. I wish Jenny was on. I actually put this on here because I thought Jenny was going to be on. Uh, Leo will probably add this to his list. I've only seen like a clip of an episode that Jenny made me watch. Uh, the Mindy Kaling show Never Have I Ever has been renewed for season three on Netflix. Uh, Not huge on Mindy Kaling, but I'll add it. Yeah, uh, the what I saw, it's 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 cute. Ah, uh, it's no. not it's not something I were, I essentially would watch, but it's cute. Um, <laughs> Ryan, I know you will not watch this, right? I have no intention whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news is uh Ryan's least favorite season of the year, and Leo. Sprinkles in sometimes within the Oscar season. Kristen Stewart's Princess Diana film Spencer it gets a release date of November fifth. Um, she is my winner right now in lead actress. Nice. Yeah, uh, I highly recommend you watch a movie called Jackie. It's the same director. Uh, yeah, about Jackie Onassis, right? Yeah, uh, Natalie yeah. Portman played her, and she, if it wasn't for Emma Stone, she would have won the Oscar. Like she, I, I suspect this will be very, very good. I uh, hopefully we'll be seeing it in the next three four weeks with tiff so god willing for that uh this is more up brian's alley uh the worst kept secret in the room outside of cm punk returning to pro wrestling this week was anthony (laughs) mackie closes a deal to return for captain america 4 ryan how shocked are you that he is returning as captain america 4 not at all i haven't even finished uh 
Captain and uh, Winter Soldier yet. A Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Falcon, sorry. Spoiler alert, he's not the Falcon anymore. What? No! Leo, for <laughs> someone that did finish the series along with me, I think they have a few directions to go with here, right? Oh, totally, dude. I mean, at the end of the season, uh, you kind of already see like the, they're building up this like sci-fi political thriller with uh, with Agent 13 or Shannon Carter. So I have a feeling that's probably going to bleed more into that world. Um, excited? I mean, uh, like you said, worst kept secret. I mean, you, you saw it coming. Um, I, how are you going to introduce him in the show and not do anything in the movie? Yeah, seriously. Um, I suspect this is the next movie for Florence Pugh. Especially with oh, the movie, end. movie, yeah. yes, movie, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because I think obviously she's going to be in Hawkeye, but I'm talking yeah. about movie. I think this will be the next one that she's in, oh, and perfect fit. Perfect I am fit. all in. Uh, next bit of news: Marvel's The Eternals trailer. Whew. I'm going to start with Ryan, and he better have. You have not seen the trailer yet, Ryan. No, no, I meant to, but. Yeah, no. <laughs> I am I am literally going to boycott anything that Kevin Smith has ever watched yep. just for you yep. because of this crap, Ryan. I'm going to move over to Leo because I think we're going to dive in a little bit on into this. <laughs> um, j- before we get into more details, general thoughts on the trailer. Oh, visually stunning, dude. It's like I think the, the, the teasers have been like grooming us and uh, you've already identified like visually it looks very much. Like, uh, like, uh, what was the, what's the director's name? Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao. Um, I think it's, it, it, this last trailer, just some of like the more intimate moments between some of the mm-hmm. characters. I'm like, oh, cinem- cinematography is going to be fantastic on this. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's crazy. She's, I thought she was using her regular DP and she is actually using a, the Marvel in-house cinematographer, uh, but I guess she has a certain way of what she wants. It yeah. very much looks like. Not a Marvel film. Exactly. I was like, I just just by seeing the trailer, this doesn't see, this doesn't look like Iron Man. This doesn't look like Guardians. This doesn't look like any of the other franchises. Um, I do love some of the stuff that they've already kind of helped to answer Ex- some of the fanboy. That's questions. where I was going next. So I'll start with that one. Sorry, Ryan. This is spoiling the trailer, but it's okay. Uh, tra- it's okay. It's a trailer. Um, <laughs> what do you like their explanation as to why they didn't help the Avengers? You know what? I, yeah, at that point, like especially when they show you the visual of the Celestials, mm-hmm. it's like if the Celestials are telling you butt out, you butt out. <laughs> yeah, I was I was okay with it. I I want to see more context of the film, but um, I I was hoping that they were part of the fifty percent, but they are eternal, so they probably wouldn't have been able to. Thanos would not have been able to get rid of them. So yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what else we can talk about here that. Character-wise, it looks like, like you like you mentioned, they are going to take their time to kind of introduce everybody. And it, it, uh, Gemma Chang looks like she will be the lead. Yeah, I was going to say, Gemma Chan is starting to pop up as, like, if not maybe the number one lead, but one of the more interesting characters, possibly mm-hmm. more like the emotional center of the movie. Um, and did you notice that... Um, Actually, no. There was I don't know if I shared it with you guys. There was an article that I dropped this week that she was the last to be cast in the Eternals. Well, I know that there was a little bit of like some conflict, not conflict. There was some uncertainty with her casting since she's already been yep, cast in Captain Marvel. So did I, her I character imagine... die? I forgot in Captain Marvel. Uh, it did. It, she did. She did. She okay. Did. But I did read something. I think maybe maybe we read something similar to each other where it was like they're comparing Gemma Chan's character in Captain Marvel to her new character in the Eternals. Mm. 
kind of like how Chris Evans was the Human Torch in Fox Marvel and now Captain America in regular Marvel. Like they're really saying this person's more perfect in this role than they were in that role. Yeah. So let's let's do it here. I, this I, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I miss Fox Marvel. I just what? miss I miss Leo getting angry about every Fox Marvel release <laughs> released. Oh, you know what's funny? Ironically, on the airplane ride to Utah, um, I ended up rewatching um, New Mutants. <laughs> it's not that bad, man. Right? I liked it. I okay. Liked, I, I, I had huge. I this was the movie I was the most excited for from the Fox Marvel uh, stable. And I was like, oh, this is actually, I liked it. It was something, but I liked it. Ironically, they nailed it before. They they, they have two huge stars, and they probably didn't even know it at the time. <laughs> With Matthew Crazy Williams and Anya dude, Taylor, yeah. That cast, bro? Yeah. It's, like, actually oh. really, it's actually relatively stacked when you really look at it now. So um, like, I like yeah. New Mutants a lot. And then the last mm. bit of news is one I, did, I hope you did not read because i kind of want to get your on-air reactions um i posted an article on thursday or friday regarding salaries revealed by variety ah. did you guys check it out oh, i didn't read that no i did i did, okay. I did. I did. so I i'm gonna I get off i'm gonna go through these it's not that many don't worry so these are salaries for uh release projects and future projects i'm gonna start i'm gonna give you the name ryan and you're gonna tell me what do you think the salary is for their upcoming film so let's start with Let's start in the comic book world. Robert Pattinson, what is he making for the Batman? If this helps, I it actually surprised me how low this was. I don't know if you okay. agree there. Yeah. I'm just going to say first number came from my head, the mill. Uh no, 3 million. So I was. I See, it's funny because I was going to say four, then you said it was lower than you expected. So that's why I went to a mill. Oh, I thought 20. Because he's well, playing Batman. Yeah. In comparison to the rest of the list, I was like, what the hell? Who chooses this money? <laughs> like, look at this one. Chris Pine for a Dungeons & Dragons movie. What do you think he's making, Roy? Uh, with and, the way you reacted, I'm going to say 7 mil. See, now you're thinking the right way. It's still too low. <laughs> Damn, that is not right. Dude, Chris Pine um, is getting paid $11.5 million. For a movie, for Dungeons and Dragons. Like, listen, there's a big fan base for that. I, but there was for Warcraft too, so I don't know. And there's no sequel to Warcraft. That movie made its money overseas, not in the domestic. No, he's more than tripling Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I got to see what I. I don't know what studios releasing Dungeons and Dragons. I'd have to double check. Although, David, one thing I because I remember the tweet. I remember I read the article and then I I, I retweeted it, but. The one thing I couldn't make sense of is could this possibly be impacted by like back end money? So there is two people that is affected by back end money, and then I'll get okay. to that in a few. Uh I'll just I'll let you guess two more and then I'll just run through them. Keanu Reeves for the Matrix four. Oh, uh, I'm gonna say twenty. No, twelve to fourteen million. So that's not That's bull. <laughs> and then finally I'm not even a huge fan of that franchise. The Rock for Red One, that's coming out on Amazon later this year. <laughs> Amazon One, plus Rock. My Alex is asking me to set an alarm now. Um, I'm <laughs> going to say fifteen. No, fifty. You were close. Fifty million dollars. <laughs> it was close. Yeah, I was real close. So he and Daniel Craig do have back-end buyouts. 
So that allowed that that's kind of what inflated the the uh, the amount here. Daniel Craig is making a hundred million dollars for the two knives out knives out sequels. Will Smith is making forty million dollars for King Richard. That shocked me because that's kind of a small film for him to be making forty million off that. Denzel Washington made forty million off the little things. Leo DiCaprio made thirty million off Don't Look Up. Uh, Mark Wahlberg uh, made thirty off this that awful Spencer Confidential movie. Jennifer Lawrence is making twenty five for Don't Look Up. Julia Roberts is making twenty five for Leave the World Behind. Sandra Bullock making twenty for The Lost City of D. Ryan Gosling is making twenty for The Gray Man. Michael B. Jordan made fifteen million for Without Remorse. Tom Cruise thirteen million for Top Gun. Brad Pitt twenty million for Bullet Train, and finally. Chris Hemsworth is making $20 million for Thor Love and Thunder. Seems low for Marvel. So back to like this concept of paying people out. Is this anything like the NFL where like Chris Hemsworth will take $20 million as his contract so that there's money left over to sign on? It must be. Portman, Pratt, like. Is it could that possibly be that has to, for, like, for for Hemsworth it has to be because that cast is so 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 stacked. Yeah, because even with DiCaprio and, and Jennifer Lawrence, right? Like I'm thinking DiCaprio should not be thirty million if The Rock and Daniel Craig can get that much yeah, more. I but think like, but I, I do th- think DiCaprio cares about the craft so much mm-hmm. he would put money back on the table if it allows him to work with Jennifer Lawrence. Well it's funny you mentioned that because he only took ten for once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah, he, like that, yeah. he makes he wanted to make a great movie, and he did. So, uh, so yeah, that is the news of the week. Uh, I will not be paying you guys fifty million dollars to be on this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, I get five dollars. <laughs> um, I'll give you fifteen bucks, little man. You didn't. You didn't even watch the trailer. <laughs> you didn't do the homework. You don't get fifteen dollars. But what did we watch? That is the question, and that is where we're moving on next. Um, it's been a while. Uh, so I'm actually going to run through some stuff here. So, uh, I saw the malice at the palace documentary on Netflix. I hated it. Why did you hate it? Because you and I are one of the biggest or two of the biggest basketball fans that around. I think you and I have been talking basketball for 20 plus years at this point. Yeah. We know everything that they talked about in the documentary. They didn't talk about really anything new. And I was, oh, I that's what that. I wanted. Like, look at the last dance. I, it's an awful comparison because one's 10 hours, one's an hour. But um, at least, like, even in the first hour of the last dance, you already got stuff we didn't know. With this, essentially, they didn't start talking about the actual incident to like, 30 minutes in. So, essentially, we got a 30-minute documentary on, on the, 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 the palace stuff and not... An hour, which is even like worse. I don't care about the Pacers and the Pistons during that time. I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I I am a basketball fan. If I want to watch a documentary on the Pacers and the Pistons, I'll watch a documentary on the Pacers and the Pistons. I want to know about the events. Like the only thing I, the only takeaway I will I will get is the douchebag that they interviewed is just an yeah. absolute piece of shit. The, 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 the guy, like the little, like, um, not the, the one that threw the bottle or the other dude? The one that Jermaine O'Neal almost killed. Yo, I, I wish he had, bro. Yep. That guy's a douchebag. Yep. Um, another thing, um, rest in, you know, rest in peace. I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but like David Stern threw everyone under the bus. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I, it, it's that aspect. I'm like, wow, like, I didn't know that he really threw everyone under the bus at the end because it really wasn't their fault 
Was it a unanimous decision? Yes. <laughs> no. One. One. one zero. <laughs> um, but outside of that, I thought it was a little bit underwhelming for what I, you know, we talked about it. We, I hyped myself. I blame myself. I hyped myself way too much for, for that. Um, I went on a foreign film watch. Uh, some that I want to highlight. I saw Memories of Murder, which is Bong Joon Ho's, uh, 2003, uh, based on a true story of the first serial killer in, in, I believe, Hong Kong. Or, or Korea, or North Korea, or South Korea. One, um, it is excellent. It's right up there with Parasite. It's that good. Is it trippy visually? Is no. it like it's very straightforward just, narrative? It's exactly like Parasite, straightforward narrative oh, nice. with less less twists. Um, it's excellent. Highly, highly, highly recommended. Um, this I may recommend for you, Leo. Oh no, you, we talked about it. You've seen the Chef film with Benicio del Toro. Oh, dude, yeah. yes, yes, we did the, talk about that it. movie. Is excellent, Ryan. I don't recommend it. Um to you at all okay uh let me see what else i did an mcu rewatch while you were gone leo oh you missed me that's how i can know that you missed me <laughs> um, <laughs> i i can can i give you can i give you some big takes if you say that the suicide squad is better than guardians one oh no i still i still th- I, st- right I, st- I still think that um i i think that guardians has the more emotional like moment with Groot at the end um I can't really say one's better than the other. I think they're just both like so superior. They're just so really great. Like, um, yeah. but uh, Age of Ultron, it took <laughs> multiple like, movies like and multiple TV shows <laughs> for me to give a shit and find it entertaining. But now <laughs> that I know that there's stuff that follows and makes it make make sense. I kind of like I don't it didn't go up that much higher. Yeah, don't get yeah. me wrong, it's not like top tier or anything, but it moved up from like 21 to like 17 or 18. The Hulk moved down because I got to see Shang-Chi cuz Abomination mm-hmm. is in Shang-Chi. Ram of the Abomination, so yeah. So, I got it, but like I kind of go on what we spoke about last month, like it really doesn't have any really except it introduces Ross, but that's about it. Um Iron Man 2 is not as bad as I remember. Um but it only moved up like two slots. Thor, Thor the Dark World is the last, the worst. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Endgame is still the best. I don't understand how anyone would think that's not the best one. I really don't. And Infinity War and Endgame are two of the the picture-perfect way to end everything. And yeah, I cry like a baby again in Endgame. Uh, what else did I see that I can talk about here? I saw two of the worst movies I've seen all year. Uh, Reminisce, the Hugh Jackman oh, movie. That's Wolverine. You yes. can't say this. And then, listen, the movie is very, very boring. <laughs> like, yeah. very, very boring. And so he should stick to singing and being Wolverine? Essentially, yeah. And then I saw, speaking of another superhero, I saw Sweet Girl, the new Jason Momoa film. Oh, Aquaman. It has uh, one of the worst twists of the year, or maybe ever. <laughs> Whoa. At least one of the worst twists in, like, the last 20 years. And that's what M. Night Shyamalan movies is. The twist is, is absolutely terrible. Uh, what else did I see? Uh, oh, I saw The Long Halloween. Leo, you did oh, see it already. It is yeah. it is the best DC. Because I'm going to put it as one movie because essentially it's one story. Yeah, I, um, I love that. Yeah. It's the best DC animated movie, I think, since The Dark Knight Returns. And that's been like 10 years. It is yeah. that fucking good. And the animation style is very interesting. I thought it was... Very unique what they what they chose to do there, and I actually like Jensen as Batman. 
I was gonna say, yeah, I, I, I like him as Batman too. It's a very he has he has a good voice for that, that gravelly like. <laughs> I saw Cocaine Cowboys, which I highly highly recommend. Quick, I still have it is, on my uh, Long Halloween on Max, or do I have to go on Cinema? No, I went it's... on Cinema for Part Two. Yeah, I... no, none of them are on there yet. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then I saw Cocaine Cowboys, which is fantastic. It's a great. I don't. Netflix always seems to hype you up for their crime documentaries, but this one actually hit. Especially me being Cuban. Not like I did cocaine or anything, but I know how cocaine was prevalent for Cubans in the 1980s. <laughs> it's, like, oh. it's like it's like wait, wait, fans, fans. Not that I do cocaine. <laughs> um. And then the last two things I saw heels. Uh. The first. Ooh. How I, is I, it? Um. I like it. Okay. It's not what I expected. It is very much a hard drama. Um, and That's the, what I wanted, actually. What I liked a lot was that the guy that plays the baby face, the big white meat baby face, is actually the asshole on the show. Nice. And Stephen Amell, who plays the heel, is the one that's trying to keep everything grounded. I kind of like that, how they're trying to the duality of the personalities that they're trying to portray and they actually are. I, I, mm-hmm. it, it, it's only one episode. It's still a long way to go, but I actually like the direction they're going. And they left it on a very interesting cliffhanger. So uh, no. show Stephen Amell, shows that Stephen Amell's a wrestling fan. You could definitely tell. Uh, that's, and then, what I love. That's, that's what I love about this. I know you two are huge wrestling fans. And when I heard about mm-hmm. this project, I'm like, this feels like very like honest. Like it feels like an very honest much. people are part of it, that they care about it so much that they won't do something sucky. And the show I've been talking about in the chat that I have now seen twice because Jenny has watched it with me is Mythic Mythic Quest. Uh, it's my second favorite comedy. <laughs> it's actually yeah, it's in my top favorite com f- top five favorite comedies on TV right now. It is hilarious. There is you don't have to be a gamer. You don't have to be into that stuff. It is essentially a work, uh, a workplace comedy from the guys from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So they're the ones that created it. Um, some of the funniest moments I've seen like on. TV all year. It's really, really good stuff. Um, and if anyone that's listening has seen Space Force, and you should definitely see Mythic Quest because it's actually <laughs> good. And yeah, that's all I have. Ryan, what do you have? Uh, I really got. Much. Oh wait, I got... wait, I got one more thing because I'm going to talk about with Leo's What If. But yeah, go oh, there ahead, you go. Ryan. Yeah, it's funny. I'm behind on that. You didn't even got to mention it, D. I know we're going to talk about it. And we're going to spoil it, Ryan. That's what you get for missing trailers and missing watching thirty less than thirty minute shows. I have to watch it with the wife, and so we didn't really get time. Anyway, um, all I really got is I did a little bit of a View Askew rewatch just because I showed uh, my brother-in-law clerks. What do you think? He dug it. He's okay. like, I can definitely see myself dig- getting into this universe. And then I showed my dad, Jane Son Bob Strike Back. And his only bad thing to say about it, it was too many F-bombs. So I'm like, oh. okay. <laughs> well, he is the wrong director to now to, to watch if you don't want to have f bombs. But he was like, I like chasing Amy. He's like, I like the original Clerks. So he likes his two best movies. Your dad has great taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dad has taste in films, not not like the the rest of it. It's crazy. Like I, I like side note on Kev. Like none of his movies really resemble Kev us Clerks or chasing amy clerks yeah. 2 has no outside of the characters is a completely different type it is this, a raunchy comedy clerks is not a yeah. raunchy comedy yeah so yeah. it's just interesting well, it does like, ha- eh. it's not raunchy no, right no, no, it no. Is, raunchy moment. 
there is nothing raunchy about clerks compared to yeah. like clerks, clerks two and clerks and chasing Amy are like I guess like, they feel like films. The rest of them seem like slapstick comedy. Yeah, that's like, it's like. And listen, there. I, I would think Clerks say, three is going to be like the original. Oh, I actually I think that it. reboot is closer to Clerks and chasing Ooh. Amy. Reboot does have the yes. heart. Reboot does have the heart. So yeah. I agree with I agree. you. Right? I think Clerks three is going to be. I think it probably may be his best movie since Chasing Amy. Like movie, movie. I yeah. don't think. I don't think it's just going to be yeah. straight up comedy, and it's not going to be nostalgia like Reboot was for us. But uh, anything else, Ray? Um, that's really it. Cool, uh, Leo. Let's go. What do you got? Uh, some quick hits. I also watched Long Halloween. Copy paste everything Dave said. I watched Old, the M Night Shyamalan. Movie. <laughs> um, uh, not as bad as not as bad, as right? Bad. Okay, yeah. yeah. I thought I thought the twist was a little anticlimactic. I was like, oh, this is where we're going with this. But again, not as bad as I expected. So cool. Um, I caught up. It's funny because I think because of What If, I started watching a bunch of anthology shows. So I caught American Horror Stories, which is individual anthologies of how, American Horror how many, Story. How many? You saw all of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, so, there's, only, like, there's only like eight, I think. Eight seasons, yeah. What it, no, what no, it, oh, American Horror Seasons? American Horror Story Seasons? Oh, I wait, think you watched the spinoff, not the... The spinoff, yeah. Oh, spin-off, okay, okay. Yeah. I thought you watched every American Horror, because every season is different. That's why. So I, I, so I came into it already having watched American okay, Horror Okay, gotcha, so, gotcha. Yeah. So I watched the American Horror Stories spinoff. I heard of, that's like, not... And, I heard it's not very good. It tries so hard to like to to be what the show is, and I mean, there's some good casting, some good stories in there, but nah. Um, another one that's very in the similar in that same vein is Monsterland. Uh, Monsterland is also an anthology series. Um, an anthology series that I thought was really really cool was Love, Death Plus Robots. It's an animated um, anthology series that's very much like uh, an animated Black Mirror. And I told David about it earlier. Mm. It's a, the creators are Tim Miller and David Fincher. Hmm. Um, That's and a nice dude, combo. Yo, dude, the, and it's like very trippy, very very short episodes, like fifteen minute episodes, like very digestible. Um, some of the cast uh, is uh, Topher Grace is in one episode. Michael B. Jordan is in another, and Samira Wiley from uh, yeah from uh, Black is Orange is the New Black. Um, but really, really good show. I like I said, very digestible, very sci-fi stuff. Um, I watched the show Manifest on ABC, which was finally canceled. I I, yeah. um, I was going to try it, and Jenny was like, "I don't think this would be a show you would like." So don't so, even bother. So it's funny, Manifest. It li- literally, what it is, it's the forty-four hundred plus Lost. Yeah, that's what that sh- she mentioned Lost, and I was like, "Ah, yeah, I'll pass." No, but I mean, either way, it ended after season two, so it's like if you get there's invested, no point. there's no point. Um, I just oh, I um, I'm starting. I caught up on Titan, so Titan season three is four episodes in. Ryan, you gotta get back on this, bro. It is so uh, yeah. No, I see. Just by stills, I want to get back on it. Maybe today before uh, takeover is yeah. um. I gotta ask because I tried again. <laughs> To start watching Titans and I can't get past the first episode. I don't even know if I'm gonna because I did I give you an update on the boys because off the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. You I do I just don't I it feels like I am missing something because this show should be me. Like it should be all me. And I I don't think I don't know if it's because it was so hyped that, that I just don't think that, that 
Like, I think it's fine. It's not bad by any means. But no one's really likable. I don't like anybody on that show. <laughs> I can see that. They're all, they're, they're all, I mean, like, they're, speaking of unlikable characters, um, another one I ended up watching is a, a new show called Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu. I heard about that. Yeah, Nicole Kidman, Luke Evans, Michael Shannon, Melissa McCarthy, uh, Bobby Cannavale. 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 Really interesting. It's just starting, so it's only three episodes in. You feel very, like, there's mysteries and stuff. Um, I I dig it, though. I think Bobby Cannavale's character is so dark, but I'm like, he's doing a fantastic job at this. I'm not used to seeing him in this type of role. That's nice. Um, and, uh, And The Suicide Squad. Which uh, I I thought was a very refreshing, um, exciting uh, movie. Uh, I did it. I did not expect it to be that that good. Yeah. Um, I don't which, lie to you guys. I never lie to you. Well, no. Well, I mean, to be fair, you again did say as good as Guardians, and that the soundtrack would be just as good too. This is not touching Guardian soundtrack. I agree with Leo. You wait right, so in terms of the soundtrack or the movie? Soundtrack. Oh no 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 no! no, no. I don't think I don't well, think. Can we now? Because last time I was on, we weren't able to have a full like spoiler discussion. Now can we have a spoiler discussion? Yeah, I also wanted to mention. I forgot to mention that I saw Free Guy because we didn't record last week. Oh um, yeah, Free Guy. I liked it a lot. It. You like? You saw it too? No no no! I haven't got to see it yet. Yeah, it's I, good. I want to see it. It's, well. a, it's a little bit too long, but it's um. Ironic that I started watching Mythic Quest when this movie comes out because it kind of correlates. Oh, gaming, yeah. I actually literally started playing Fortnite because of Mythic Quest and and Free Guy. <laughs> I'm like four years late on Fortnite, but Fortnite is actually super, super duper fun. Um, yeah, we could talk spoilers. Go ahead, Rai. Yes, no, Star looked fucking amazing. The only thing I had a problem with was they didn't show off his power of showing like your perfect world. Like that would have been awesome to uh... see. Like. But... With you know the cast you know, to have you with know why Polka I think, Dot Man. You know why I think they didn't do that? Because they kind of did that in the first one. When Enchantress Ooh. kind of took over like Harley as an example. And he, they showed yeah, her. Yeah, okay, I see that. Dave, good callback on that. <laughs> and, and if there's one of the... I remember a lot of that garbage movie for some strange reason. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I, my guess is Gunn is like, I'm not connecting this to anything outside of... Good. Harley Quinn and certain other characters. Um, anything else on that, Ray? Just no, off the top of my head, no. Just I'm so it was an amazing movie. Cool. So yes. Leo, yeah. Le, Leo, and I can talk about what if now. Um, yes. <laughs> first episode, meh. Meh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It wasn't yeah. bad. Like I say, so first episode, I agree. Meh. But one thing I kept because you remember you said you just rewatched the MCU and you still cried at Endgame, right? Yes. So it's funny because my reception of Episode One was like my reception of Captain America: First Avenger the first time I saw it. I was like, "Oh, all right." And I guess because they're the same thing, I'm like, "Ah, uh, all right." I guess it'll grow on me sooner or later. Ironically, I. It's funny you mentioned that because like. First Avenger I love and I've loved since the first time. I'm one of the ones that's been championing it from like years before people started liking it more now. Um I wanted to feel the same way I felt then. I I don't know, I just feel like it was the same fucking movie just redone with Captain Carter. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't really do anything part. different. Um it very it felt very uninspired for the MCU. But then episode 2 comes <sighs> and I don't even know where to start. Um Thanos like 
Can we get wow. that Thanos? Like, can we bring him back? Yo, everything. It, it, it's funny because it's like with the with the with the what if comics, right? And it always made like this one decision is supposed to make such like crazy waves and change everything. Um, and this one decision that they do in the in the in this episode has some crazy ramifications. I'm glad for like I, I wrote one down. I want to see if we we're on the same boat. Do you do you have any that you want to bring up? What the, uh, the 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 different the, things that happened? The the things that were changed because so, of certain decisions that were yeah, man. So I guess the, the first thing you mentioned, Thanos, right? The fact that now T'Challa is in the Ravagers meets, I guess, a young Thanos convinces him his way is not appropriate. And they and Ryan, they make fun of the fact Thanos still wants to eliminate fifty percent of the population. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, he still does, but they make fun of him for it. He's like, you know that genocide, right? He's like, it's it would still get the it's job done. It's, it's, it's efficient. It's efficient. <laughs> um, and then like another decision was um, because of him joining the Ravagers. Ultimately, now the Collector is in charge of the 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 bad guys or the mob because Thanos left that power vacuum when he turned good mm-hmm. or turned into a Ravager. The one thing that I got from my notes is uh. Drax's family is alive now. Yeah, yo, everything had this like really cool, like wow, man. That's that's this this episode is for us. If you walked in there, you have no idea of all the Easter eggs. This one kind of really does like let you know, like if so you, much. Here's your reward for paying attention to everything. Absolutely, um, and all the voice actors come back, which is what I told. I, I was talking to Dave, like uh, with with part with episode one. I know we didn't get Chris Evans, and we didn't get. I believe one other big actor wasn't back. Yeah, I think Chris should have done it. I mean, it, you can tell this episode everyone's there. It makes it made everyone it better. Mm-hmm. And of oh, course, yeah, even Nebula. The Nebula storyline goes differently too. Yep. And then Chadwick in his last performance is fantastic. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it's I I wonder if anything will top this one. This one actually may probably be my favorite one to all said and done. I, I love this. I'm very curious before we go on to the movie. Um. If this is going to set up the future black of Black Panther, like because the Black Panther episode is Killmonger is Black Panther, yeah, King Killmonger, yeah. So I'm wondering if that is going to because Feige said there are oh. some elements that are going to transfer over to the MCU. I see what you mean, like as if if this had happened with T'Challa, then Wakanda's future possibly would have been through. Eric because Killmonger. at the end of the episode, you do see Kurt Russell. I forgot his name. Oh. Ego, 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 yeah. It's me, um, Star-Lord. Star-Lord. So yep. in my head, I'm like, I wonder, like, you're still going to get Star-Lord where he needs to be. I wonder if that will... No, you know what? You break up a great point, because I do know in the trailer, there's like, you know that that iconic spin scene of all the Avengers yeah. joining in Avengers 1? There's a recreation of that in the trailers where you see, like, the new characters introduced in What If? joining to be like an avengers team i'm like oh so that could be they could just like keep building on each other and that way you re- you're able to replace chadwick you're able to bring un- and listen marvel doesn't give a fuck about bringing people back from the dead so uh <laughs> we could we could bring michael b jordan back and yeah. move on so but yeah what if it's great you guys should ryan you gotta get on your game and watch it and watch I the promise, uh, i'll be up to date next time awesome all right cool so that wraps up all the news of the week and what we watched so let's get into what we are here for today the 50th anniversary of oompa, loompa, i got some fun facts about some oompa loompas too 
Um, <laughs> on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, I grew up with this movie, and I think this movie is one of my. It's I wouldn't say it's in my top fifteen favorites, but it's a movie I still watch every year. It's aged beautifully. I think this movie is fantastic. Um, I remember the first time I saw it, I was uh, nine years old or eight years old, and my mom had taken me to Toys R Us, and it got a reissue on VHS. This is before DVD. My mom got me the VHS copy, but she I remember this because she also got me a Batman and Robin VHS copy that came out the same exact day. This day was perfect. This day was like heaven for you. And... <laughs> And uh, um, WWF had started re-releasing their toys, like a new line, and she got me a few of those figures, so I literally was like just hanging out, playing with my fucking wrestling figures, watching Willy Wonka, and I'm like, I guess that's why the movies always stuck with me, because I remember the exact moments, and I I still do. Um, Ryan, do you have an interesting story for your first time? No, I I, no, I can't top that. <laughs> <laughs> Which one, the Batman and Robin on the same day as Willy Wonka, or the wrestlers? Both. I mean, <laughs> damn. What about you, Leah? What about your? What was your first time? Mine was not as memorable. All I remember my first time is I, it was in school. I think it was one of those days, like a rainy day, where they where they hauled in the giant like TV strapped to that those giant like the best days. Yeah, the rolly cart, the rolly cart. And like they rolled it in, and I remember like it was just a rainy day. Watched a movie, and then ever since then, it like it's like I only saw it once when I was young, but I still had the pure imagination song, and they would come back into my head for random reasons that I couldn't picture why or where it came from. And it's like a repressed memory. <laughs> and now <laughs> like, you see it in car commercials. Yeah, and now it's everywhere. And I'm like, oh wow! It was it was from when I was a little kid watching the, when I watched Willy Wonka the first time. For sure. All right, so let's get into the production of the film. The movie uh, was adapted from. I'm gonna butcher his name, Leo. Can you say his name? Is it Roland Dahl? Yeah, you know this is where we need Jenny. It's uh, yeah. This, this is where I need Jenny. Yeah, the witches, right? It's like Roald Dahl, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go with that one. So the idea for adapting the book came about came about when director Mel Stewart's ten year old daughter read the book and asked her father to make it make a film out of it with Uncle Dave, who's producer David L. Whopper. Uh, Stewart showed the book to Whopper, who happened to be in the midst of, of talks with the Quaker Oats Company ref, uh, regarding a vehicle to introduce a candy bar for its Chicago-based Breaker Com- Confection subsidiary, which has since been renamed as the Willy Wonka Candy Company. <laughs> Wait, so you're telling me this whole thing became a movie because there's a real life like Veruca Salt. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, essentially, Daddy, yes. Daddy, um, make me a movie. <laughs> the Quaker Oats Company was bought was renamed to Willy Wonka Candy Company and sold to Nestle. So Nestle now owns the Willy Wonka Candy Company. Uh, Wolper produced a, per, uh, persuaded the company, which had no previous experience in the film industry, to buy the rights to the book and finance the picture for the purpose of promote, promoting a new Quaker Oats Wonka bar. Uh, David Al Wopper and Rala Dahl agreed that the film would be a musical and that Dahl himself would write the screenplay. However, Wolper changed the title from Charlie in the Chocolate Factory to Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. So that's essentially how the movie we got there. Uh, in terms of budget and box office, the movie was actually a big failure at the box office. It had a budget of $3 million and only made $4.5 million, which is shocking that it made so it made more money on its uh Turner Classic Movies re-release than it did on its initial whole run. That's insane. 
Yeah, so that's pretty crazy. Uh, trophy Room. No awards. It got one Oscar nomination. Best Music. This is a very long-winded not, uh, category. It is no longer this. Best Music, Scoring Adaptation, and Original Song Score. Essentially, this is when they used to combine everything. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, wait, mm-hmm. is this to just say all the music awards in one sentence? So for me, I think it should have been it should have been nominated for that category, uh, production design, and maybe supporting actor for Gene Wilder because Gene Wilder yeah. is excellent yeah. in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But unfortunately, he, he got a Golden Globe nod for this, right? I think so. But in terms of Oscar, it was pretty much yeah. actually no. I don't even think the Golden Globes were around, were they? Ooh, I thought he did. No, you're right. It was around. Yeah, it it was around. Leo, while you look that up, um, let's get into what's aged the best and what's aged the worst. Ryan, what do you got? Age best. I got Oompa Loompas. Uh, the songs. <laughs> How? The movie I, I as do a... think they've aged well. The originals especially. They're so creepy. I, <laughs> I dig them. Um, yeah, I dig them especially over the Charlie. Uh, ones. The songs just awesome. The movie as a whole. It's funny because usually when I make uh when I do this, I I'll write these notes as I'm watching it. But I couldn't help but to put my phone down and just watch the movie. And you remember sense. it, which is great. Uh, uh, yeah. What else you got? Willy Wonka as a character and becoming a shut in. I think that's aged well. Becoming a what? A shut in. <laughs> quarantine before it was cool <laughs> yeah, exactly leo what about you what do you got uh so confirmation yes gene wilder was nominated for best actor in a motion picture musical or who, comedy who was nominated uh who else was nominated and who won i'm curious that would be winner of nominees in 1972 oh shoot damn the winner over oh, best picture drama no i want individuals Best actress, best actor. Shout out to Wikipedia for helping out here. <laughs> right, now I'm like dragging them. Like, see, oh, that's up here. Uh, okay, so it was. Oh, uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. cold. So um, all right, so what's age the best for you? Ooh, uh, music intro. Yes. Just from the get, from the movie when it begins, just the music intro is fantastic. The song Candyman, considering there's another movie movie coming out with it in a week. Very in good. Week. Um, Charlie being a hardworking young boy. Yes, I think like yes. that aged well. Good for him. Ima- Not, you know, imagine like you know his elders took it took you know. Oh, I know. I know. We'll get to that. We'll oh, yeah. Oh, we that. will. Oh, we but, will. Like, but his work ethic, bro, like, you know what? He's like, not the, like the other little kids who are entitled and screaming. He works hard. I give him props for that. Um, ooh, this is something that'll be near and dear to David and me. The golden ticket, right? It's like a chase variant. Yes. That's Funko great. That's fantastic. <laughs> and a one in five. Well, not even. Yo. I wonder what it is. I wonder what the variant is on getting that chase in a box. Exactly. You're like, you're like buying all you're trying to get this like this one rare version of everything. I'm like, oh um it's another thing that aged well is white privilege. This movie is very much filled with white I privilege. I have something similar to that too. <laughs> um artificial intelligence. Wait, in this movie. You lost me. The Oompa yes. Loompas? No, no, no. So if you remember there's like a slight comedic segment where these scientists are trying to create this machine to tell them where the yes, last tickets are. Yes, yes, And the machine, the machine becomes self-aware 
tells the scientists that's cheating, and then they try to bribe the machine, and the machine's like, what would I do with chocolate? I'm like, artificial intelligence. That's a good a thing. one. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, people trying to fake and fraudulent the tickets, trying to like fraud the tickets. That's yes. like people creating fake CDC cards. Uh, shout, <laughs> shout out to those that don't want to get vaccinated. <laughs> Not opening that can of worms. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, it's it's it's, it's kind of like a mix of age well, age poorly, but ethnic stereotypes. Because yeah. each little kid yeah. represents like a nation. You have a German kid, a French kid, an American kid. And like, I have oh, friends that are German. They got worse than Charlie, if you remember. I no, I don't think so. I don't. We're gonna talk about the sequel. You think so, right? I don't think so. There's I a scene that made it worse. There's one scene in particular. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like I know Germans. I have German friends. They don't. They don't eat like like Augustus. Not at no, all. No, 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 no. Exactly. They're in, like peak fitness. Yes. If anything. Like I'm right um, in the middle. All right, I'm German. <laughs> I'm right in the middle. <laughs> um, I have the practical effects used for the candy factory. Dude, I fantastic. thought was like, dude, considering like this is like in the '70s, you don't rely on CGI. I thought it did a fantastic job. The songs, pure imagination, Oompa Loompa, um, and I'll give the rest to, to Dave. Cool. So obviously, the score and the soundtrack of the film, the Chocolate Factory as a whole. Um, yep. Entitled children. Oh. Uh, this is essentially the Gen Z generation uh, in the 1970s. Um, all the ticket winner segments, I think they're they they're spot on. I really do enjoy them, and they're each they each come off very unique. Um, mm-hmm. Willie's intro when he everyone thinks that he's on the limp and he does that that t- tumble that's fantastic. Um, the which really hits, I think, is my one of my favorite two moments in the film when you first see the chocolate factory when you're inside the chocolate room. And pure imagination is playing. I think that still mm-hmm. holds very, very true. Um, the boat ride. I think it's that's my favorite scene in the film. Like it is, fucking, like the, the it the is quantum, from a, the quantum yes, realm one. <laughs> it is another movie. That scene is another movie, and that's when I'm like, oh yeah, he is a um, he's he's insane. Like he is yeah. out of his fucking mind. This uh, is where it gets horror movie. At this the travel of the green, movie. that scene was amazing. While I and then by, <laughs> going to the Oompa Loopas, while I wouldn't say the Oompa Loopas as a whole, their drops are fucking great. Every time they appear with their songs, it's fantastic. Um, the end when he says, "You get nothing, good day, sir." I said, "Good day." <laughs> do you know what I thought about when I was watching that movie? And I will do the impersonation if you guys like me to do it. Yes, you have I, to do it now. You know, you know what I'm going to say, right, right? Well. Al Pacino. Oh, yeah. my Lord. Can you imagine? He's like, you got nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> I said good day. <laughs> um, I really like the final line of the film. The, hey, Charlie, don't forget what happened to the man that got everything he wanted. He lived happily ever after. I like that the movie actually, you know, the movies nowadays just end on such a fucking downer. <laughs> That sure, I man. like that this movie actually ends on a very high note. All right, what's age the worst? Grandpa Joe, we're going to get into in a second, oh, so I'm just going to oh, say man. Grandpa Joe, but I have, like, I, there's a specific, segment we're going right? to do. There's some specific stuff in there. Oh, yeah, so we're going to get into him in a second. Um, the Candyman's business, business ethics, um, <laughs> all that free candy in the opening number, does he write that all off in his taxes? That's one. <laughs> Also, is he not a nice character? Because in the beginning, he throws candy at all the rich kids that have the money to pay for it. But for Charlie, 
he comes into the shop asking for candy that he immediately begins to eat and the candy his name's bill presses bill. charlie to pay him but where's the payment buddy where's the money exactly <laughs> so i'm like and then lectures him about eating too fast um bathing the grandparents haven't taken a shower in 20 years Bro. Is, that, is that where we're at there um the teacher essentially not believing charlie is poor or low income because he didn't yes. believe he was have like only two um also the teacher having charlie use nitrous acid in the movie like in class <laughs> i don't i ne- i took these science classes i never did any of that but yeah those are my uh doesn't matter what's age the worst. I'll go, I'll start with you on this one, Leah. What do you have? Uh, so the fact that candy stores, just candy stores in general. I mean, I know there's still some out there, but it, this is causing so much diabetes to this nation yes. that like I'm like yes. I don't know if this is a thing anymore. Um, child labor because Charlie <laughs> is way too young to have a job, and a, it seems like a full time job because he works full-time like eight job, hours man. after work. Dude, uh, newspapers just because you know. Smart smartphones. Yes. <laughs> um, again, we'll go into Grandpa Joe and his worst moments, so I'll, I'll leave some of those alone. But uh, kids paying for grandparents' tobacco. I can't imagine it's going to be something. Uh, just to piggyback on something Dave said, teachers making fun of poor kids. Yes. Uh, this, this would not fly. This should not fly. Um, poor kid throwing out chocolate after he wins an award. Uh, because he's poor, that chocolate could go to feed his family at this point. So I, I never know. noticed that. I forgot that he throws he it out after he, he gets a ticket. Up the chocolate. Yep. I'm like, bro. Um, the mob attacking Charlie, <laughs> and um, and then also there's no social media to document that this even happened. So I'm wondering how the Slugworth character found out that Charlie won. My thing, and I do. There's a fact that comes in, but my personal theory is that. Um, they knew where that box was. Oh, that's actually good. I like that. And the timing may be funky. You'd have to like suspend your disbelief, but maybe Wonka knew where, what town or what country each one of these boxes are going to land in. Maybe they have like a little chase sticker that they put on the box for them to only know. So that's how he was able to send quote unquote Slugworth Mm. there. I'm just fucking... I love throwing, it. I love throwing, that. I love throwing that. and seeing if it sticks. Uh, this next stone is a little bit another another little slight little knock at our uh, current situation. But while inside the, um, the 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 chocolate factory, people are just consuming everything without finding out whether if it's FDA approved or not. They're just consuming <laughs> without asking what's inside. They're just eating and licking everything. Um, and more slave labor. Because I'm pretty sure those Oopa Loopas are not getting paid. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> you ain't paid in chocolate. <laughs> you know what it was? It was like, I think what, it was the scene of the boat scene before they're getting into the, the boat scene. Like, it's not like a, a, a mechanical boat. It's like little Oompa Loompas. Like, yeah, they're pushing that it. They're boat. pushing. I'm like, oh, this feels like slave labor. I'm putting it on the list. Ryan, what do you got? Well, I forgot one thing for my age best, and that's the Family Guy episode based on this. Um... <laughs> But age worst, I got Grandpa Joe, and I know we'll get into that in a little bit, oh, and yeah. giving kids with money free candy. Like, that's just messed up. Yeah, like, They have the money. I agree. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. We're going to call this segment the Grandpa Joe, the greatest con man in film history. All right. 
there's a lot to go in here. Obviously, we're gonna not gonna take overly too long on here, but um, I'm gonna start with the most obvious one for you guys. Your you see your daughter <laughs> busting her ass. You see your grandson, like Leo said, essentially like child labor, working like eight hours a day. And you get up from your fucking bed after 20 years because you get to go to a chocolate factory. Like, if I was his da- his daughter, I would kick him out of the house. Like, there's no there's no going back from that. That's the first one that I'll throw out there. Leo. Scumbag. Scumbaggery, bro. Scumbaggery, Dave. Well said. Ryan. I agree. And the fact that when I get into the fact that he made them help him up. (laughs) 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 You can't even get up. And then how did he get the tobacco if he couldn't get up? Well, that's true. Also, very insulting that not only does he get up, he starts dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let me see. Grandpa Joe has the nerve to complain that the floor is too cold for him to get his fucking lazy ass up. That's, that's the reason. The be- that's the reason. That's the reason he gives. That's yeah. exactly the reason he gives. Yeah. yeah. I think he's like, he's like he's like he's like, hey, listen, daughter, you can't pay for you can't pay for heating, so I'm not getting up. I actually have the quote here. So Grandpa Joe says, "Soon as I get ba- my strength back, I'm going to get out of this bed and help him." Though his daughter says, "Dad." In all, my, in all the years you've been saying you're going to get out of bed, I've yet to see you set foot on the floor. And his little arrogant ass says, well, maybe the floor, if the floor wasn't so cold. Next up, Char- Grandpa Joe doesn't care how Charlie gets the bread. Yes, I have that on my desk. He's, in, <laughs> he's endorsing theft. Yep. <laughs> um, let me see what else I have here. Oh, what was the quote? Yeah. What difference does it make where he got it? Point is, he got it. That's great. Like- He's grooming his grandchild to be a thief. <laughs> now, this one, like, maybe it's a stretch for me. I don't know if you guys agree, but I think he would be dead. So Grandpa Joe has been smoking a pipe a day in the in that bed. <laughs> Where is the ashtray? Not only would he be dead, his whole family would be suffering from secondhand smoke. Uh, let me see what else I got. Like I, like I mentioned, he gets out of bed as soon as something good emerges that would benefit yeah. him. Um. Yep. Saw so the we talked about the dancing. Let's see what else? Yeah, I me- I kind of mentioned this before, but the fact that Grandpa Grandpa Joe allows his daughter to essentially do everything in yeah, the house, yeah. I that that didn't suit well with me. Uh, Grandpa Joe has the nerve to suggest someone else deserves a kick in the pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is where they're in the factory and. Um, Charlie, I think it was for Violet, and he's like, Char- "Why doesn't she listen to Mister Wonka?" And he and jo- uh, Joe's like, "Because she's a nitwit." She's a nitwit, yeah, yeah. And of course, outside of that, the number one reason to hate Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe oh, wait, has wait, the- wait, 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 wait. I, I, I have like, I, I have like. I think- oh no, I'm talking about mine, and then I'm gonna okay, go, okay, gonna- okay, okay. Um, Grandpa Joe has the nerve to steal fizzy lifting drinks. Bastard. But yeah, what do what do you got? I've literally everything like you said so many good ones. Um, I, I just didn't want to. I, your best one is pretty much the same as mine. When they first get into the chocolate factory, when they go into that first room where it's like really, really closed in, there's sexual harassment by Grandpa Joe. Uh, the one of the moms goes, "Someone's touching me," and she turns around and it's right there, Grandpa Joe copping <laughs> a feel. Ah, you're right. Oh wow. Um, it, just like they said. <laughs> 
Joe convinces his grandson to break the rule. Willie had just told everyone what the rules are. Mm -hmm. Don't try anything. Don't touch anything. You'll be good. Charlie's a good boy. Such a well-behaved boy. Listens to what people tell him. Joe convinces him to break the rules. And and then the freaking, like the, the, the final slap in the face. When Willie tells them, no, you guys broke the rules. You get nothing. Joe tries to get out of consequences trying to guilt Willy Wonka, saying, well, he's a little boy. That's, how could you do this to a little boy? Like, dude, there's consequences for breaking the rules. Yep. Like, you can't groom your child, your grandchild, to expect there's no consequences. Agreed. Ryan, do you have anything? You're also the best. That kid is back on the fizzy lifting drink. So <laughs> <laughs> the last three things I wanted to add weren't things he did per se, but the fact that he has the nerve to call Willy Wonka a crook makes me chuckle. <laughs> You've been hustling the whole family, bro. And then the fact that at the end of the movie when they're in the, uh, I don't know what the, I don't the even Wonka know what Bader? to call that, the Wonka Bader, he Bader. has the nerve to ask Wonka what's in it for me. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, he's a fucking terrible person. He's one of the worst family members in movie history. There is no denying he is absolutely terrible. I remember when you mentioned this, when you first dropped this idea or this concept back when we were doing like heroes and villains. And I remember you brought it up with such passion. And then it wasn't until rewatching. I'm like, yo, this guy is a douchebag. And they kind of fix him in the in the Tim Burton one. Right, right. Uh, he's still yeah, bad, but there's a little yeah. bit more redeeming qualities in, in the way they write him as opposed to this one. Um, all right, cool. So we're done with Grandpa Joe. Let's finish this off with the awards. That guy, the Joe Spinell Award. I cheated a lot here because I just <laughs> yes. said the entire cast except Gene Wilder. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Well, they most of them didn't do anything remotely of acting afterwards either. Exactly. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just literally gonna go with that do you yeah. do you, do you have anything or do you agree with that one i did nothing i got zero i got nothing for that guy ryan <laughs> so, what about you i just just split it up and i just said the kids yeah i mean it's literally everyone but gene wilder uh that left six man of the film award i actually despite this being his only movie i actually do think peter ostrom as charlie was actually really solid so i went with him uh ryan would you go here I actually went the same. I went with Charlie. What about you, Leo? I went Oompa Loompas. I think. Oh, without, that's a, nice. Without, I like without, that. Without I like that. Loompas, that factory is not running. Yep. <laughs> every time every time they're on screen, I want to know more about what the hell is happening. Um, Give Leo my $15. Yeah, I, like, I like that a lot. Um, Becky O'Shea, Icebox, MVP of the film. I mean, Gene Wilder, no one else has anything, right? Yep. All right, great. And Peaks and Valleys. Obviously, for me, Valley is G. I looked at his filmography. I thought this was like after Young Frankenstein and stuff like that, but Young Fran Frankenstein was after. Yeah. So I do think this is his best film, but a lot of people think Young Frankenstein is. So I went with Gene Wilder for Valley. But for Peak, I went with the entire cast except Gene Wilder <laughs> and, um, and Chocolate. I think this is the peak for Chocolate in movies. Am I wrong here? I can't think of anything else. Wow. Oh, there's a movie called Chocolat, but yeah, I would say I think you're right. <laughs> uh, what would you go with with on your end, Leo? Uh, so for Peaks, I went Charlie. Like, 
you're the title character in this well-known franchise, and then you do nothing, nothing. <laughs> that uh, to me, that was enough to get you the the peak here. You peaked. You got nothing else. And the valley. So, what if I were to tell you guys there is an actor in this in this film that then went on to act in Star Wars: A New Hope, Willow, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, and Deathly Hallows. Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows. What was the two. first movie? Uh, New Hope. No, Star no, no, Wars, no. The Hope. first Harry Potter movie? Oh, uh, Harry Potter, Sorcerer of Stone. Okay, so it's not oh, who Philosopher's I... Stone. Philosopher's Stone. It's not who I thought. I thought it was going to... I, I was. I literally was just thinking Harry Potter. It's probably the only way I could have gotten this. I was like, it's Peter Pettigrew, but it's not Peter Pettigrew because he started in Azkaban and worked his way. I don't know who. Who is it? So the actor's name is Rusty Goff. Um, he's an unnamed character. He's an Oompa Loompa. He's an unnamed Oompa Loompa in uh in in Charlie and the Cha- in the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But I'm like, you know what? This guy's in Willy Wonka, but he's been in freaking Harry Potter's whole franchise. And Star Wars. And Star Wars. This will say, this will be your valley. This is your low point. I do want to give a shout out. In we didn't talk about age best, but we can talk about in Valley. Um, Mike TV actor at New York Comic Con table. Leo, well, do you know this story, Leo? No. All right. So for the last pre-COVID. For the last five, six years, I've been going to Comic-Con, and so is Leo. There is a table on the back end of the con, kind of where the anime stuff is. Okay. Um, Mike TV is there every single year at a table selling golden tickets and signed Funkos from the cast. Oh, shoot. And his table is always empty when I go. 2018 i am walking by the table and he st- i literally am just looking at the funko i did not even really want to just you know i didn't really want to engage with anybody he starts talking to me and tries to get me to spend money and then when i say i will be back he's like no you won't i thought that was fucking rude as fuck wow so uh shout out to uh the actor that plays mike tv for real holy crap um and then yeah let's get let's finish up with the fun facts um number one let's right, call this Willie's. Me. oh sorry Ryan. <laughs> go ahead I, let me you guess that... nothing ryan nothing <laughs> good day sir, day, sir. <laughs> ryan what do you got valley gene wilder peak the parents let's split it too. up Oh, I like that. I, I, I love that. that. I love that we all just said "fuck it." It's the entire cast except Gene Wilder. Let's just split Yo, it up some way, dude. It's like, but it's true though. I went through the IMDb and I'm like, "What happened to you afterwards? Nothing. You wrote a book. Nothing. You quit. Nothing. You did TV. <laughs> Veterinarian. Like, the hell. Um. All right. So Willie's facts here. Number one. They're all still in the factory. That's why. <laughs> oh yeah. There you go. Facts. The reaction number one, the reactions of the actors and actresses in some scenes are spontaneous. For example, when the children first enter the chocolate room and see the candy gardens, their reactions are absolutely genuine, which is pretty awesome. After number two, after reading the script, Gene Wilder said he would take the role of Willy Wonka under one condition that he would be able to be able to be allowed to limp, then suddenly somersault in the scene. 
uh, when he when he first meets the children. When the director asked why, Wilder replied that having Wonka do this meant from the time on, no one will know if he is lying or telling the truth. Stewart said, what if I say no, you won't do the picture? And Wilder said, I'm afraid that's the truth. That's insane. I love that. That's awesome. I actually, it actually does work because you kind of never know when he's lying or, or telling the truth. Uh, although more charming than Grandpa Joe. Uh, <laughs> uh, number three, according to Mel Stewart's book, Pure Imagination, the reason everything is in Will, and I like this a lot, in Willie's office is cut in half at the end, is because Stewart couldn't bear that throughout the film they have gone through so many whimsical and creative rooms for it to end in just a, a basic office. So that's why Willie's office, everything is cut in half. It was their decision to try to do something different and to, oh. to even have the last room in the movie be unique. Um, this is just, I hate chocolate. Um, but so well, you how guys, can you hate what? chocolate. How can you hate chocolate? Ironically, I love this movie. I hate chocolate, but this one is for you guys. The chocolate river was made up of 150,000 gallons of water, real chocolate and cream. The film filmmakers had to change the formula for the chocolate river because originally the concept, uh, connotation they had uh, was turning the 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 water blood red. Because of the cream, the mixture began to spoil, and by the time a, Michael Bolinier, uh had to go into the water for his scene, it was he essentially called it dirty, stinky water. Oh damn. Um, Gene Wilder's acting during the boat ride sequence was so convincing that it frightened some of the children. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. He looked like he was on fuck. He was on something during the, the filming of this movie. The actress that played Violet, Denise Nickerson, said they thought that Wilder was really going mad from being in the tunnel. Uh, <laughs> you met, you kind of talked about it before, Leo. This is the only role of Peter Orstrom's career. He turned down a five-picture contract because he did not want to make acting his profession. And Ryan kind of nailed that he is now a veterinarian. So that's pretty... I mean, he did have a great career after all, but... It's, yeah, it's, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Julie Dawn Cole is actually the only... Act- she played Veruca. She's the only child actor that's still acting today. Um, last couple. Mel Stewart wanted initially to reveal that Willy Wonka has strategically placed the golden ticket in order to give the factory to Charlie. The idea was dropped, but the hint remained in the fact that Mr. Wilkinson acting as Slugworth would uh, show up. And that kind of led me to my theory of the maybe they, you know, he didn't know what kid was going to get it, but he knew where it was going to be. Um, and I talked about Stephen King and The Shining before. Here we go. Yep. It is said Walla Dahl was reportedly so angry with the treatment of his book that he refused permission for the book sequel, Charlie and the Gl- Great Glass Elevator, to be filmed. Seltzer had an idea for a new sequel, but le- legal issues per, uh, negated that from ever happening. I would actually have liked. I bet you they would have been able to get all those kids back if, you know, if that was the plan. Oh, yeah. Careers, careers would have continued. Exactly. Um, the coat hangers. Might have a different peak in Valley. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. The coat hangers are actually spray, paint, spray painted hands of carpenters working on the film. Oh, wow. They're carpenters, too. Oh, yeah. Dude. The movie was shot in Munich, Germany, and I love this choice. So the reason that the director, Stuart, uh, decided to do this, one, because it was cheaper, but two, he did not want any identifiable uh, city 
art city monuments or city buildings in his movie, like New York, St. Louis, London. You'll know you're there. So he wanted to make it a unique uh, location. Uh, Peter Ostrom went through puberty throughout the movie. I don't know if you guys noticed that. At the beginning of the movie, he had a very childlike voice. And by the end of it, you could hear his voice squeaking a little bit towards the end. <laughs> um, I'm not a big fan of Monty Python, but all six members of Monty Python want yeah. express interest in playing Willy Wonka. Um, what else do I have here? Okay. Producers consider Fred Astaire, Joel Gray, Ron Moody... Spike Milligan was Raoul's original choice to play Willy Wonka. And speaking of Star Wars and New Hope, Peter Sellers reportedly begged to uh, doll for the role. And the last two, after the company finished filming in Munich, Germany, uh, the studio and the location were taking up for a movie that won Best Director at the Academy Awards the following year. Without looking, can you guess what movie that is? (laughs) I was actually surprised when I found this. So the set was used in a movie that won the director of the film best director the following year what's well, in 1973 right 1972 oh 1972 i don't wait the movie clockwork, was released clockwork orange no damn unfortunately kubrick did never won the oscar don't yeah, get me started on that one um <laughs> uh cabaret Oh, yeah, that was actually very surprising. And finally, there were suggest- some suggestions at the time of the release that the title changed from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to Willy Wonka at the inst- uh, because, wait, was at the instigation of Afro-American groups to objected that objected to the juxtaposition of the word Charlie and Chocolate in the title. Racial concerns also dictated a change in the look of the Oompa Loompas. In the illustrations in Dahl's book, they were uh, clearly of African descent. So yeah, there, there was some race. There was there was some racial undertones to this thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, and then we can finish off just talking about the remake. If you remember anything of it, I rewatched it this week for the purposes of the podcast. And Ryan, you did too, right? I caught most of it. I watched like some of it this morning. And then, uh, Leo, have you seen it at all? I've seen it. Yeah, no, I've definitely seen it because there were the Burton ones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm pro Burton. So, so yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's nowhere near this. I'll say no. that. No, I think Willie's creepier. I think Depp's creepy. Depp's Willie is creepier than Wilder's is. <laughs> Ironically, yeah. I, I'm more scared by Wilder's than I am Depp. While I think. Depp looks creepier. Yeah, Wilder is creepier in terms of his portrayal. Wilder looks like he could be a serial killer. Yes, (laughs) like he is a Zodiac killer. Yes, he just doesn't blink. He doesn't blink like the whole movie. The reason I like this movie too is because um, there, Grandpa Joe is still a terrible person, but at least he has some redeeming qualities towards the end of the movie. Um, and also I I love Bates Motel and Freddie Highmore plays Charlie, so that's a a nice callback. Uh, Ryan, any thoughts from what you remember from when you rewatched it? Um, yeah, you guys nailed most of them. Uh, Charlie's great, but not as good. Um, everything's great, but just not as good. And the scene I was referring to earlier was when they had like everyone paint like in like the Middle East paint with goats and shit. Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, like to get to Wonka bars, they had everyone in the Middle East paying. With, like it was like some like Israel or something like that city, and they're paying with like goats and chickens instead. Like, interesting. 
I don't remember that. I guess I must have missed it. Even Casey watching. pointed out, it's like that's a little racist. I'm like, okay, it wasn't just me. <laughs> no, no, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think the one thing I didn't like about the uh, the, the remakes too was that, and this is just like a little bit of a thing, but um, the Oompa Loompas were all the same actor. Yeah, I didn't like, like that. Yeah, I, I didn't like know. that. I like that they were all different actors in face paint or whatever. Well, but, don't yeah. worry, guys. We're going to get a before we finish off. We're going to get another Willy Wonka movie in the next like year or two with Tim- Timothy Shamalama Ding Dong playing a young Willy Wonka. So it is a prequel film. Of um, it is. I I'd rather it be that than a remake, in my opinion. So yeah, I'm I'm curious. I'd rather a sequel. Um, it'd be hard to sequel this movie. At this you mean, point, you, you mean like how how the how the chocolate factory destroyed Charlie and he's now divorced and he has like <laughs> that would, and they bring back no he uh, he leaves the factory and becomes a veterinarian. <laughs> and Grandpa Joe has some type of chocolate oh. uh, empire. It, it could be it could be like how um, in the, in Hook how like you know like uh, like Peter leaves Neverland. Yes. It could be like he doesn't come back to the candy factory. <laughs> Hollywood, listen, we got your idea. But yeah, that wraps everything up. Uh, guys, this was fun. Uh, until next week, see you at the movies, kids. <laughs>